The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Wonder Woman 84. Or is it WW84? I can never get which is the actual title. But uh, one of those movies, titles, is the, what we're discussing tonight. And we're going to discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings of this new superhero movie. And joining me today on the panel are, of course, Maria Johnson. Hi, Maria. Welcome back. Hi, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. It can't get started soon enough, so I'm shut up. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, also, Angela Silana. Hi, Angela. Hi there, y'all. Uh, Andrew Hermes. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks for having me. And Father Chip Hines. Hi, Father Chip. Hello and, and howdy. And howdy, that's right. Because, I, you know, she had the y'all. I, I, need, a, I need something. Howdy is definitely not a Boston thing, so you can't have no, that. No, I, I, I need a catchphrase. I yeah, need a catchphrase. We don't want any Boston catchphrases. They're all bad. Mm-hmm. So, They're all before we get into the discussion of the movie, let's talk about that. If you have not yet done so, please subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app. We also have the SQPN YouTube channel where you should also make sure to hit the bell to get notifications and we put the audio up on YouTube in case you don't know, we don't, we don't put post the video. Uh, nobody wants to see that. So let's uh, talk about this new movie. This is the new wonder woman movie that came out at Christmas 2020 and it was in theaters and on HBO max plus or whatever they thank, call it now. Thank you. God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We didn't all have to go to, uh, out to the theater to see it. We could watch it from the comfort of our home. Uh, it's the new movie starring Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, the sequel to the original Wonder Woman movie in 2017, which was such a big hit. And so now we have the new one. And just as a quick, you know, synopsis before we get into discussing the themes of this movie, it takes place in 1984, as you might guess, which was much more technicolor than I remembered it. But uh, okay, And uh, although I did remember the big hair and all the the parachute pants, shoulder Uh, pads, shoulder pads, Uh, shoulder pads, uh, women with shoulder pads. Yes, everybody. Uh, Diana Prince is now working at the Smithsonian uh, as a historian, artifact, artifact expert. <laughs> she is an artifact. That's right. She she's, is an artifact. Right. <laughs> yes, she's very. Yeah, How ancient. old is she? Well, that's a good question. Uh, yeah. And she encounters a, a co-worker, a new co-worker named Barbara Minerva, who will become important. And then there's this the villain, Max Lord, uh, sort of also another villain along with Barbara. We'll get into that. Uh, and then Steve Trevor shows up again in some strange ways. So if you've seen the movie, that's what this you, this podcast is for you. If you have not yet seen the movie, we're going to spoil it and we're mm-hmm. not going to talk about all the details. So you may want to watch the movie first if that's important to you. Uh, otherwise, enjoy <laughs> what we have to say and maybe it won't ruin it too much if you uh, if you hear what we have to say about it. So um Let's let's get into the themes of the movie. And one of the things I love about Wonder Woman, the first movie, was the that the the character herself was imbued with. uh, I I almost want to say innocent goodness. She just saw the best. She was uncynical. And that's refreshing in superheroes. Uh, There's only a few of the superheroes out there that are that like, especially in DC, (laughs) let's just say that about DC. There are not very many 
uh, in, in the movies, uncynical superheroes, and she had a fresh-eyed look. She wasn't naive. In, in, well, in some ways she was, but... but no, she was a fish out of water, though. Yes, right. yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, she... But in this movie, to start out, and, and we can we can discuss the opening scene in a sec, but just as the adult Diana that we see in 1984, she, she seemed a little different. What do you do? do you all agree with that? That how oh, yeah. the character was less wide eyed in the new in the new world that she experiences? It just seemed like she was tired. Like she she seemed, you know, uh like depressed, almost depressed. She was eating by herself. She didn't yeah. have any friends. You know, I mean, it was just, it, it, it was sad. It, it was, yeah. she was like really sad. And, and that made me sad. Cause I was like, Oh, this poor <laughs> woman, you know I mean? It's just, yeah. I mean, it, it just, it was sad. I, I felt, I felt bad for it. Cause it's Gal Gadot. I mean, how can she be by herself? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, she addresses it too to uh, to poor uh, to poor Barbara at that at that lunch meeting or yes. early dinner or whatever. Yeah. But I was struck by her profound loneliness. Yeah. And you know when they swept through her apartment, all of those pictures of her friends as they were aging. Yep. You know, and she was still fresh and young. Um, you know, she's lost her friends. I was kind of reminded a little bit of Captain America and his Same and his thing. pining for her. Yeah, 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 yeah. And th- this whole situation is very important because we get to know what her source of pain is, and then that ends up being part of her character development throughout her internal struggle throughout mm-hmm. the movie. You know, so it, it is important. I know it's it's like. It, we're we're almost like Barbara because we're looking at her like, well, how can you not be happy right now? Know, you know, right? but ultimately that's that's part of the whole situation that we come to learn um, is sort of the lesson of the movie, right? Mm. Oh boy, do they want you to learn that? They, <laughs> they really shove it down your throat. Um, and, I mean, yeah, with the you know all the pictures of Steve and her friends and his his watch and. And and all her having dinner alone, and and the the waiter picking up the the extra setting. Oh, you know, <laughs> that was, was like okay, we get yeah, it. That you know, <laughs> yeah. I've had that happen. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, uh, yeah, it was. It, she's kind of in a. It just felt like a, a funk, a bummer. You know, yeah. <laughs> watching yeah. you know, just watching her, and and uh, and I, you know, the the movie starts out on such a promising you know no it's it's so bright and and you yeah. know like the yeah. scene in the mall and and all that and then uh and we uh, get you know dive into her psyche a little bit and how she's feeling and you know i know we'll we'll get into this but one of i mean overall i like the movie but one of the problems i had was like i thought they kind of force fed the the themes a little too much and and i think with that initial stuff with her about her loneliness and 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 why she's lonely i thought you know i think they could have gave the audience a little more credit uh to figure that out but um but yeah i agree it, we we definitely uh this is a different diana um mm-hmm. than we've seen before i really liked the the message that was being sent at one point with uh when Bar- uh, barbara and diana were having lunch this idea of don't judge a book by its cover. Barbara looks at Diane and says, you must have the best life, which is right. an important f- part of the whole plot is I, w- cause that's her wish is I wish to be Diana. <laughs> and right. 
Diana's like, no, you've got something I don't have. You have this joy, this 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 openness, this something in, in some ways what Diana used to have that she doesn't have now. Uh, so yeah. I really liked that aspect of uh, of that relationship and that message. As long as we're talking about that lunch, um, I thought it was really neat. This is a very feminine theme to me that a lot of times for women, at least um, women can get caught up in this competition with each other. Like, oh, I wish I had what you had. And instead of really seeing the friendship that is there, that can that can can be there. Because Diana and Barbara are both lonely. They're both looking at the other person and saying, you have what I don't have. And ultimately, they could be just relishing the friendship that is there, you know. Um, So I thought that was, uh, you know, a sort of uniquely feminine sort of take on, you know, girls going out to to lunch and yet they're caught up in the other person's life. (laughs) Yeah, I think, Angela, you're hitting on something that's important there. and. You know, it's it it goes back to for me, it goes back to who wrote this movie. Um, and it was it was uh, Patty Jenkins who wrote it in the first movie. She was the director. She didn't write it. And this movie has a different just as has a different feel for the for the story to me than this than the first movie. I, I, I thought the first movie was I loved the first movie. Absolutely loved it. I thought it was one of the. The biggest surprises of that year and i really really thought oh finally we have a superhero movie franchise that can you know not be depressing and um you know because <sighs> batman and superman have turned into two sour dudes and <laughs> yes. you know i really you know i'm just sick and tired of Oh, it's so hard being Superman. It's so tough being Batman. It's so tough Please. being a billionaire playboy. Yeah, exactly. You're a billionaire playboy, and the other guy has the power of a god. Yeah. So, so, so I think you know, with with this movie, uh, Patty Jenkins took on not only directing, but she took on the writing and the, and the screenwriting, and it just it seems like. I think she she bit off a lot here, and I I'm not sure that it, it ended up being a coherent a coherent movie, in my opinion. It, it, it was not coherent in a lot of spaces. Uh, Dom, you were mentioning before we started taping the jet with all of a sudden has fuel in it. You know, <laughs> I mean, and, and how did they get back from Cairo? Well, I I, I still don't know how they got back. From lots Cairo. of plot holes in this one. The guy sure. who, that's the problem. The guy yeah. who learned how to fly World War One like biplanes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can yeah. hop on a jet. Yeah. That's like me. Because I can yeah. drive. I can drive, right? That's yeah. like me going into a Formula One car. Yeah. Okay, like. And not killing like, yourself. And not killing myself and winning the race. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, well, it's just a demigod with all kinds of powers. Yes. So I would just say that it was Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. <laughs> she was literally, <laughs> literally the god uh, in that machine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, she did make it invisible. She did. So, yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, now I liked how they did. It. I like that. I like the invisible plane. I thought that that was. I don't know. I thought it was. Eh, it was cool. Yeah. They provided a reason. You know, Zeus made yeah. Themyscira invisible, and right, that's right, a, right. that's her father, and she's worked out the power so okay yeah, i guess that, that. 
No. Yeah, that was yeah, fun. that was the least of my problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's the, talk the about jet, the jet flying was the it was, yes. it was the most important problem I had right there. Right. So let's. I want to kind of talk about that opening scene. There was a long eleven-minute oh, yeah. opening scene of uh, what did mm-hmm. I? I wrote down what I what I lo- it looked like. The Amazon Parkour Olympics Triathlon. <laughs> 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 like when they're hopping on those things, going parkour, parkour. Uh, I know. I was waiting for Dwight Schrute to pop out. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> but I mean, it was it was kind of awesome. But but it was all to drive home this most important theme for the movie here that we were going to carry through, which is. Uh, what she's told, no true hero is born from lies. Right. And patience, diligence, mm-hmm. and the courage to face the truth are most important. And so I, I turned to my wife, Melanie, I said, well, we know what the movie's about. Yes. <laughs> it was, there's no question. We know we knew what the movie was going to be right about from there. But I, I mean, what do you think of this, this, this theme of no true hero is born from lies? It, it, because I feel like I drove home with the thing with Steve, with with the Barbara who could have been a hero, uh, and Max who could have been a hero. What do you think of this theme for the movie? This overall theme? Yeah, no, I I I think what I liked about it was the uh, for me. I mean, obviously, as a Catholic priest, the truth is so important, right? It's because truth is Jesus Christ. So when they started talking about the truth and not and it, that really resonated for me. As something like, oh, okay, well, now that I can understand and I can get behind that 100% because clearly that's the way we should live our lives. We shouldn't lie. We shouldn't be deceitful. And and honestly, I really didn't think that I, I was rooting for Diana and I, I didn't even think she did that bad a, a cheat. I mean, it, it felt like, you know, she found a workaround. You know, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it felt like that. But I get where I get where, you know, they were where they were coming from. And and she certainly learned the lesson. You know, I mean, I think she learned the lesson and uh, she brought it forward, obviously. And I think the I just think the idea of, you know, a superhero uh, striving for the truth is is why I like to watch these movies. Right. Truth and good. You know, that that's why I lo- I loved Christopher Reeve Superman. He was good. He was a good person. You yep. know, he didn't have he didn't sit around brooding all day and oh, <laughs> you know, moaning and crying about this and that. It it was all, you know, he was he was well adjusted, you know. I mean, and she she should be at least somewhat well adjusted. Her only issue right now is the immortality problem. You know, I mean, and that's an issue, you know, for for people like her and you know, Superman and, you know, all the other superheroes that have, you know, the immortality issue um, because they they're, you know, like Superman's not going to die, but Lois Lane's going to die at some point. She's going to age and get mm-hmm. old and, and die. Uh, and, you know, and anyone that. That Diana Prince gets involved with, the same thing's going to happen, and that is that will bring profound sadness, as we mm-hmm. saw. I mean, she lost Steve and she never. For what, 50 years or not less? 70. Than, well, no, 70 years. She yeah. didn't date. Mm-hmm. She didn't have any other significant person in her life. How is that possible? Right. And, and, and how would you, how, like, how would you regate, how would you retain your sanity if you did that? You know, hold on now. I'm going to put, I'm going to pose that to you as a priest. She had friends. So she had relationships. The did problem she, was that those relationships, I think so. I think that those were her friends. 
No, in the, the, in the old go. days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in the old days. Yeah, no, I'm I'm talking about, like, how is she not having, like, she, it seemed like she didn't have friends after that. You know, I understand having friends. She had friends, you know, back in World War One. That was great. And she loved them, and they loved her, and they worked together, and they fought, and they won. Um, and that was wonderful. Uh, but for the next 70 years, she didn't have was, any friends? Well, Eddie Candy was in that, that photo uh, in front of the Statue of Liberty, I guess. Or Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so old. That, that she was, was an old out of candy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're yeah. right. Yeah, but see, that's the immortality problem, right? Right. They all, they all, yeah. they all die, and and you know she can't. She really didn't have. If you think about it, she really didn't have friends for even longer because remember, like in and all the way up to Justice League, you know she. Oh, that's true. She, yeah, she says I've I've you know stayed hidden and uh, I've never loved again and. You know, I admitted that to uh, to Bruce Wayne, right? Um, and she didn't turn around until the end of uh, Justice League, right? Uh, so yeah, that that this this sort of uh, thing lasts for a while uh, for Diana, and you know, because this takes place in 1984. Obviously, this is sort of a a pseudo prequel to you know the Batman vs Superman and right. Justice League movies, but um, but yeah, it takes her it takes her a long while. I mean, I guess time for her is different because she's immortal. You know, something that might take someone uh, a few months to get over might take her a few centuries, <laughs> maybe. Right. But uh, uh, and again, growing up just around women and then falling in love with a man for the first time, and and being one of the and being literally the first man she's ever encountered. Uh, you know, I guess it would have that effect on you. Mm. Um, uh, especially for someone like her that I guess all her emotions are exponentially sort of uh, have more on uh, her emotions, like uh, are exponentially more powerful than a normal humans because I mean, she's a, she's a goddess, right? So she, right. Uh, and because she grew up so innocent, uh, I think all of that piled on just, you gotta, you gotta, I guess you have to think of it in that way, even though, we're human. We got to suspend, you know, our disbelief a little bit, but, um, but yeah, took, took her a while. You make it. I think good. I, go ahead, Angela. Oh, to go back to the idea of truth and mm-hmm. a hero not being born from lies. I think, um, I sort of took maybe the other, not the other side of the coin, but sort of the, the tangent to that, which was when Antiope is talking to her at the beginning, she says that there's, there's no shame in not being ready to win, but that there is shame in knowing the truth in your heart and not accepting it. Mm. And that to me as a woman, that, that concept really resonated with me Um, to know the truth in your heart and accept it is when you can start to heal. And I was very much touched by, I guess, if I can jump to the end Mm -hmm. that, you know, when, when she isn't, is confronting Max Lord and he has sort of created this whirlwind of lies and deceit around him, she cannot initially penetrate that sort of whirlwind. There's like literal wind going around uh, him. And even the lasso of truth itself cannot reach him. But it is only when she is down on the ground because she's been pushed down from that wind and she is talking to him and he's saying, well, don't you want your soldier, your pilot back? 
You know, you can have him back. All you have to do is want it. And she says, I've never wanted anything more. Mm -hmm. So she admits the truth that's in her heart. But she says, but I can't have it all. You know, you can't have it all. And the truth is enough. And the truth is beautiful. And when I was watching that, I was crying because I was thinking about, you know, all the things that have gone on in our family. Personally, last year, there was a lot of pain, a lot of you know, suffering, loss. But at the same time, we also experienced a lot of really intense healing because um, we were able to face the truth that was in front of us, to face the reality of, of the situation, to face a lot of things that were inside of our hearts. And um, I think, you know, we see, it's very interesting because, you know, the first Wonder Woman movie, a lot of people liked it. Um, the the climax of the movie is this big fight, you know, and here the climax and the confrontation with sort of the main villain is talking, you know, she is talking to him and she is um, she's telling she's admitting the truth and she's being vulnerable. And this is a very feminine thing. You know, she's being very vulnerable and that vulnerability of what she is being that. I think is what allows the lasso of truth to pierce through the whirlwind of lies and to finally reach his ankle so that she can show him and show everyone sort of, you know, the truth shining through all of those lies. So for me, that was sort of the real message of the film was that in order for us to reach people sometimes we need to be vulnerable with them. We need to, you know, show them that we accept our weaknesses and our struggles and, and the reality of our situation. Kind of getting back to what Father Chip was saying about how, how, uh, how, how detailed and how much information was in, in the movie. Um, I think that the golden ratio is off. Uh, The climax happens two hours into the movie and there's only like 25 minutes left. And so all all that time prior to that is relational. It's about how everybody's feeling. It's about how everybody is interacting with each other. And and so you have all these other little motifs, you know, Max and, and Alistair and, and, and all of those things. Um, and so that's what Marston wanted. The creator of this character wanted this superhero to have as her superpower love as her superpower, this, this feminine quality. And, and ultimately that's why I liked the movie. Cause I thought that, I mean, I thought that there were so many parts of it that were trash that it's just too bad to, to talk about it. But um, the whole relational thing, I mean, the fact that you have two hours of character development and relationship building and relationship, uh, you know, uh, expression before you get to this part um, it really speaks to Patty Jenkins writing from a feminine perspective, because that's, you know, it's all the relational aspect of the character. And, and I wanted to add that there was another thing that NTOP said at the beginning, and that was that greatness is not what you think. Mm. And that was the, uh, that was the lesson that, that Max learns in that exchange with, with, uh, with Wonder Woman. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to mention too, is, is that, with all of the relational aspects, they don't skimp on the action. So it's not like two hours of 
Howard's end, and then we get an action scene or something, you know, where the, you know, it's a, like a, Brit, a British, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Edwardian uh, drama. This is an action movie, and there's plenty of it, and it's and it, which is awesome. But yeah, they have this. It's a different kind of movie because it's a movie by Patty Jenkins, starring a a this this most definitely feminine superhero and I, I really like that aspect of it i'm glad to get something a little different from all the other ones and not just you know uh it's just like a guy superhero movie except it's a woman you know that sort of thing which, which you could have all too often so i really i, I agree i really like that yeah i i know I, I was just gonna say i agree with that too I, I i i think she looks like a normal person she doesn't look overly i mean she's obviously in good shape obviously but sure she doesn't look she doesn't look like, uh, say, Gina Carano in The Mandalorian, who's like a really built, like muscled up woman. Um, she she still retains that that femininity of, you know, Gal Gadot. And I I I just think it's it's it was it's an interesting way of of doing it. They could have gone a whole different way, and they didn't. And I'm glad they didn't because I think she she's perfect for the role, obviously, and. You know, I, I just we'll see. How, and we'll see. We'll see if they do a third one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about is the whole wishing. So a key, the, the MacGuffin is the Dreamstone that uh, <sighs> Max Lord wanted. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> so it, it had its problems, <laughs> which is that they didn't reveal to us early enough how the the mechanics of what's going on. And I felt confused about what Max was doing and like when he was with the Emir in Egypt. And I'm like, why is, why is the guy wishing? But then now he gets his oil and then we find out, but it was a little confusing, but, but the the idea, I want to really get to the, the, the concept of the wishes and wishes as a kind of cheating, Mm -hmm. but also Max kind of, it felt like, and you can tell me if I'm off, it felt like there was an, they were making equivalence between wishes and prayers at one point, and that prayers are a kind of cheating as well, like you're getting a prayer answered. See, I took it the opposite way because, okay, so when he's in, when Max Lord is in his office with the mm-hmm. televangelist guy, right? right? And he's saying, okay, is there, and Max is saying, is there any way that we can get everybody to hold hands and instead of saying, I pray, say i wish wish. so Uh, he's saying it's not a prayer it's a wish okay and then at the end of the movie they tie that up because in the end of the movie he's talking to alistair and i wrote it down he says um he says you know he's talking to him about you know i i i wish i love you he says i just wish and i pray that Mm -hmm. one day i'll be able to make you proud enough that you'll be able to forgive me and love me. So he actually kind of then readopts this idea of, no, this is a prayer to, uh, of mine okay. um, and not, not simply a wish. Okay. Uh, wasn't that kind of a lost moment in that scene with Alistair that he could have says, I, I, if he had said, I prayed for you to come back, wouldn't that have been great? It would have changed everything, but I, don't know, I yeah. just thought he says, I wished for you to come back. Right. I felt like th- that was one of the things I felt like there was a, a deliberate uh, move to not say certain certain things to make sure that they said wish instead of. And maybe it's just to avoid muddling the waters of the of the plot, I guess. Uh, but I got to say, I, I really loved 
that moment. I I think Pedro Pascal was great in that. Some people thought he wasn't really good. I thought uh, he, he was, was really good. Yes, really, yes. Really good. I was waiting for him to like pick up, pick him up, and go. I want me introduce this little green guy I know. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I've I have come to really love Pedro Pascal in the the three things he's been in recently. Of course, The Mandalorian, this, and uh, there was a Netflix movie that he did recently where he also had a bit of a father role, a little awkward father role, but it was a bit of a fatherly role in that uh, it was a sci-fi thing. I forget cannot remember the name of it, but you can find it if you IMDB it, uh, his name. But uh, he's done really good with these roles where he does these father figures. And this was a bad father. <laughs> Let's yeah. be clear uh, until the very end. Uh, and I just love that interaction between the father and the son and the son forgives the dad. And re like, I was thinking, why does Max suffer no consequences for his bad deeds? I mean, Max nearly destroys the world and causes so much bad things. And it's because his son forgives him. You know, we, uh, maybe he gets hauled off to the who's guy after, uh, you know, after the movie's over or something, you know, I mean, off screen or something. But in One the movie can hope. <laughs> yeah. But in the movie itself, his he, he is redeemed. And I kind of like this, like the villains. I mean, even Cheetah, uh, Barbara, who becomes Cheetah, the Cheetah. There's some question about her ultimate resolution. In fact, Patty Jenkins said in an interview, she left that deliberately vague uh, wh where she was. But the the villains get redeemed in a sense here, which is interesting. What do you think of, of those themes there? Well, I, I mean, it's it's always nice to, you know, to to wrap up a character's storyline. I mean, Maxwell Lord, I mean, to get uh, he he's a he's a big time villain in, in the comics. And uh my hope, my hope is that, like, even though he got redeemed in this movie, I hope he turns bad again and appears because <laughs> <laughs> he is—he's a big deal in the comics. I mean, he's—I uh, wouldn't call him like a, a like he's not like Joker or Dark Side type DC villain, but he's almost up there. Uh, mm -hmm. he, he has some pretty crazy storylines. Um, at one point, uh, he uses the, uh, artificial intelligence uh, to to get rid of all the superheroes in the world, <laughs> it's, which kind of, it kind of relates to what he did at the end. He kind of reaches the whole world with the, mm -hmm. with the, with the stone. Um, but uh, so I guess there are some, there is some inspirations from the comics with his character, uh, but he's very different uh, from the Maxwell Lord. I know uh, from the comics, um, but yeah, the, but him having redemption, I think because of how great his performance was, he's, it's pretty, it's a pretty one note villain, you know, he, yeah. uh, but because Pedro Pascal is so good, I mean, I mean, gosh, he, he, I mean, he, going back to Mandalorian, I mean, he does so much with just his face and then for the most part with just his body movements, um, his voice, uh, yeah. yeah, he's able to elevate that character. I mean, this, this movie would have been really bad if, if his character didn't work and, I felt like it, it did work because of his performance, uh, even though it's a little over the top. Uh, I don't yes. think he, I, I don't think he, uh, he did it in a way that, that it felt like he wasn't a part of that world, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and you believed the love that he had for his son, even though he was despicable in every other way. Yeah. Uh, he really, you really believe that. And, and that, that was very important for his character to, to kind of have that growth and to have that, um, his son forgiving him at the end to have that pay off. So um, I really like that. I thought Barbara's character 
um, was great until the third act. Uh, I thought that one of the problems I had with the movie is that there were so many different uh, plot lines going on that some characters suffered from it. And I thought her character suffered from it in the third act. Like, how did she know they were that he was at the White House and just showed up and was ready to fight? Like, you know, right. right. Many plot holes. That was that was one of the big ones that I thought that really bothered me. Like, why? How did she know to be here and uh, and all that? But anyway, because she's like Diana, Deus Ex Machina. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Everything. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I thought I I wish we had a little more um, time to sit with her in the third act. uh, Other than that, that CGI fight scene. Uh, which was, I mean, it wasn't terrible. I mean, her yeah. character, I thought the design, her final, the final cheetah transformation, I thought actually looked good, could have looked worse. Um, and I, th- I thought the fight scene was okay. But uh, all the fight scenes in this movie, all the action set pieces, I, I just thought in general were pale in comparison to the first movie. I mean, the nothing came close to the, the no man's land sequence from first oh, Wonder yeah. woman. Right. And, it would be hard. And, to, to it would that. be hard. Yeah, yeah. But I thought they didn't even come close and I wish that they did. Yeah. Um, but uh, I understand, you know, like we've been discussing, this is, this was more of a Diana Prince movie than a wonder woman movie. And, and it was more introspective and, and that's where it shined and, and, mm-hmm. and it shined in the third act because of that for me. And, uh, uh, even it took a while to get there, but ultimately it, it worked. Yeah, I wanted to also ask the question. Maybe y'all can, you know, fill it in for me. Why does Max want to be the Dreamstone? He wishes to be the Dreamstone. What's what's his motivation? Why is he doing what he does? Is it simple megalomania? Because he wants to make his son proud because when he was little, he he wanted the attention of his father, the love of his father, and obviously he didn't get it. That was my interpretation. Yeah, but you know, he's not giving it to his son. He's always busy. He's always running him away. Right. Because he's know? trying so to prove himself, it seems like. Yeah. 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 It's a shame. He's, it's, I, the, I, the sad irony is in order to try to accomplish what he's trying to accomplish, he's becoming what he doesn't want to be. Uh, yeah. Which is, I mean, let's, I, I, to, to be fair, this is a common problem. There are many young men who become the fathers that were not the good father to them uh, by, you know, that, that ge- it's a generational problem. So um, I like that 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 uh, um, Patty Jenkins did not ignore that part of it and, and, and built that in. Uh, I thought that was very interesting. I think it was an interesting twist that he not, he didn't just merely possess the Dreamstone and make wishes through it, but he he became the Dreamstone. I thought that was at least clever that that part there too. I mean, that meant that he had to go around getting people to wish for things, uh, and that introduces an, an interesting mechanic into the plot, which is which is uh, cl- uh, clever. I just I just loved his one great line was "I love you because I love you." Yeah. And uh, okay, that's that's it. That's all. <laughs> <Well, Yeah>. <laughs> um, I guess I I thought that Pedro Pascal was a little over the top for my liking um, in oh. this role. I, I mean, I, it wasn't bad. He wasn't he wasn't awful or anything. He was just because he's a good actor. I mean, he's he's proven that already. Um, I I I think he didn't. 
it's like, do you know people that act like that though? You know that that I love you, Alistair. Oh, <laughs> oh I love you. Yeah, the constant hugging and the and the and then I, I don't know. It was just. It's well, if you're it Italian, of course you know people like that. It just seemed, I don't know. It's just, I didn't, I didn't. It was larger than life. It was yeah. larger than life. Sure. He's a television personality. So I think that kind of bleeds into his, yeah. you know, his ego and his personal life too. So well, why not just wish yeah. for all the money in the world or something crazy? Well, I mean, well, because then that movie would have ended. <laughs> I, I, <don't> know. <laughs> I mean, that would have been the smart thing for him to do is just wish for all the money, but he, but it right. wasn't enough. It wasn't. It, right, well, exactly. that's the thing. It wasn't, it would, nothing was ever but, enough for him. Yeah. Right. He well, kept saying, why problem, not more? Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. At the end, he kept saying, Angela, why not more, more, more. Yeah, and yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. He, Greed became everything, which is might be part of why this movie was set in the 80s. The whole greed is good. Gordon Gecko mm. era, which may be a little overplayed, True. but but that, that it is sort of identified with the 80s and that he he, he caught some, kind of became like a Gordon Gecko character of just more, more, more. Uh, so I, I did. I did. I agree with that. Uh, let's yeah. let's um, let's address the uh, possession in the room. <laughs> the elephant pos- possession elephant in the room uh steve trevor oh i i, I have Why? to say <laughs> I, Why? It, it bothers me that they had him take over a guy's body exactly he that diana and he had an intimate encounter Relations. right with that was so weird yeah it was, i agree <laughs> i was uncomfortable it was not right it was not moral um and and they put him in danger and yeah and he's never even given a name like as, no. like it's i hey plus, bob yeah yeah plus you know, yeah something maybe he did have a password like steve doesn't have a password but he's got a, never mind that's a whole nother thing but <laughs> <laughs> but what do you all think it goes of, back to the jet uh, yes it goes back to the jet the, but what do y'all think of this the the steve dropping into the guy's body as a as a spirit in him well here's this is this was the biggest problem i had with the movie Everything that people wished for happened. That big wall appeared out of nowhere. All this stuff, the nuclear weapons appeared out of nowhere. But somehow they have to give Steve Trevor some other guy's body. Why can't he just appear out of nowhere? (laughs) Right. I mean, I don't I don't understand what the thought process was to that. Well, like, why would you say if you're in the writing room and say, Okay, I got guys. I got it. He comes back as another guy, but he looks like himself to Diana. <laughs> Let's just do that. <laughs> that makes no sense. There is some sense. Well, but- maybe they were flirting with uh, reincarnation and didn't want to really like. Maybe he was. <laughs> who knows? It is. Well, I, a it's a terrible hear, plot point. Did you hear what he said at the beginning? Though when he came back, he said, "I was at this." wonderful place i know it was yeah. wonderful and i i was there and it was great and then then i was here she grabbed him says, out of it, heaven this is wrong. <laughs> she grabbed him out of paradise yeah. <laughs> so brought him back Ange- 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 in gonna... this other guy's body yeah so i think Ange- 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 is gonna not... point 
Yeah. It's not the strongest uh, device in, in the movie. Definitely not. But I think it's sort of plays to, you know, I talked a little bit earlier about like being blind to um, certain things like, you know, he, he Max Lord kept telling his son, you'll see, you'll see. Where in reality, you know, his son already is proud of him. He just doesn't see that. I think it's a little bit that way with Diana and Steve, because it's interesting. They have this whole mirror scene right in the random guy's apartment where Steve keeps looking at himself in the mirror and he sees the other guy. But Diana actually says she has this line where she says, he's great, but all I see is you. Right. And it's sort of like Diana is blinded by her strong desire to have Steve back in her life that she's totally blind to reality. Like in reality, that's not Steve. He's not there. He's dead, you know, but, but, um, and, and then too, like that scene takes place right after she goes to this party where she had previously said, I don't go to those parties. Well, she went to this party specifically to make sure that that stone was safe from Max and Barbara, but in the end, she gets distracted because of the sky. So she, I think it kind of has to do with like how, you know, our, our selfish desires blind us to the reality that is in front of us, whatever our calling is, whatever, whatever we should be seeing, you know, the, I, I know, like I said, it's not the strongest device in the world, but to me, that's kind of what I got from it. That's a good way of doing it. That's a good way of putting it. I was going to say, it also sets up at the end, she's got to let Steve go, not just to save the world too, but also he's got to go because this is not his body. This is not his time, not his place. It's, to go back to the beginning, it's cheating. It's right. cheating. If he had dropped out of the sky, like, you know, full, it's Steve again, or, you know, standing there, it it might have been harder for her, her to let him go. But in this case, she had to let him go because, you know, for all the reasons, but also because that's not Steve's body. That's not Steve there. And I think that, but uh, I had some existential issues with <laughs> some moral yeah. issues with, uh, yeah. he had the existential issues. I had the moral issues with what oh. they were doing to that poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, somebody, I, I heard somebody say, uh, and I'm not sure I agree with this, but, uh, you know, it's almost like they were. This person claimed it was like rape. Mm-hmm. It was non consensual, wow. right? Non consensual yeah. activity. Yeah. yeah. I, I literally, yeah. when I was I was watching the movie with with my wife, and I turned to her like, she just slept, slept with some random guy. <laughs> like, yes. you know, like <laughs> this is <laughs> this is sort of weird. And I was I was like, I'm hoping there's some sort of like way they can justify it where it didn't if he didn't actually didn't actually sleep with the other guy but they didn't i mean yeah i I, I agree with everyone it was it was it was was kind of it was really weird the the way they brought him back like you know they they explained it in the movie well enough to where it didn't cause you to think of how weird it was but um but steve trevor himself i mean this was one of the best parts of the movie as well like just his yeah. character all yeah. the fish fish out of water you know sort of right. thing with him and uh he brought the comedic element and, and a lot of good um obviously a lot of emotional beats um and chris pine is this he's great yeah. uh, and 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 he yeah very good actor and he 
you know, it, it took this character um, that's not, you know, that's kind of boring from the comics uh, and, and brought him to life, you know, brought him to life in the, in the movies. And, and, and I, and I really, I really thought that um, he shined uh, in this film. Uh, and mm-hmm. yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> we have some issues with the, 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 yeah. the plot device to bring him back. But you know, it was it was nice having him around. I thought that it was a fantastic gag that uh, the clothing uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. scene was repeated um, yeah. in reverse with with her kind of bringing him up to up to speed on what was happening in, in that's right in that, that present great. time. That was a callback. Like the, yeah, the par- parachute pants was kind of funny. Does everyone parachute? Did y'all notice that the very first shirt that he tries on is a cheetah print shirt? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Thought, yes. Right. yeah. Yes. Well, and and Diana had the cheetah, the cheetah print, print shoes. Uh, shoes. shoes. Yes. Yeah. 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 It was cheetah throughout the whole movie. There was <laughs> yeah. a lot yeah. of cheetah. Wink, wink, cheetah. Yeah. A lot of cheetah. It escalated. It escalated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I did love the, the the comedy of Steve like experiencing the future of the eighties, which is funny for audiences forty you know thirty years later, thirty five years later, you know so thinking of the eighties as the future and just right. his experience of it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, although they did have escalators in the the early twentieth century, let's just stipulate. But I'm I'm picking. I'm now I'm picking, so I have to move on. So and they had trash cans too. They, I'm sure. Yeah. Some weird trash cans. That's the or problem. The trash can. Yeah. Yeah. He's looking at it like it's and they modern had art. weird modern yeah. art. Yeah, yeah, yeah they did. They did. That was a great. That was great. I laughed out loud at that one. Now, yeah. At the at the end, the resolution is that everyone has to renounce their wish. But does that? assume that all the wishes were selfish and self-serving like i saw someone saying like uh in fact if you ever watch uh, on screen rant on the youtube channel screen rant where they do the pitch meeting uh, for the various movies uh oh, they did, oh, did the pitch meeting for this one and the, the studio exec is like but what about you know maybe someone who has terminal cancer is that a selfish wish what about someone wishing to feed their child and i'm thinking mother Teresa was alive surely she would pray for peace like she would wish for peace so I wondered, is it is it presenting a cynical view of people that everyone's wishes would have been something that needed to be renounced? What do you think? Well, they, the only wishes that they show people wishing for are selfish wishes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was because they were under the influence of Max Lord and he was trying to get to the, the selfish part of people. Right. Um, you know, whenever he was having interactions with people. So that that was why it kind of worked for me. I mean, not 100 percent, obviously, for the reasons that you, you say, but from what they show, yeah, it's all about, you know, I wish you would drop dead and I wish I wish I had nuclear warheads and I wish for I was famous and all this stuff. So. Right. Yeah. That's well, Diana weird. calls it sinful and greedy. Yeah. Yeah. And and that scene where the guy wished his wife dropped dead, that was wow. That was gratuitous. I mean, you know, we didn't need that. Was, that was it? Well, I mean, wasn't it? Well, it was a woman who owned the restaurant or something. It was like yeah, a, like, whatever it yeah. was. But yes, yeah, that was yeah, over. It was it was gratuitous. I mean, it didn't. It was unnecessary. You know, I mean, we yeah. get it. The wishes are bad. We get it. <laughs> right. You know. Um, <laughs> I, I, you, you know. You know. Even good wishes have. Even good wishes have 
consequences though because um i think it was in in in, in store in wrong universe but in storm's history she gets in trouble when she goes back to africa to to see her people and find her her tribe and origins and she sees that they are suffering a drought and so she she calls upon uh her powers to bring water but where did the water come from it took water away from someone else right to to replace it and so, you know, wishing for me to wish something, you know, right now is going to have an effect on someone else's continuity or whatever circumstances. I think. And you do. And, the, and if you and, and one of the um, stipulations of, of wishing is uh, you lose your biggest strength. Right. So Diana right. lost her uh, was losing her strength or literally her physical strength. Um, and Barbara, you know, lost. I guess her innocence, joy, yeah, uh, and all that. So, yeah, the movie even added another element uh, of that, adding, you know, more consequences to it. It was that monkey paw thing. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Brought it up at one point. Right. Um, But uh, I will say, I I thought the, I mean, in in, in general, the acting in this was pretty good. Yeah. Um, Yes. I thought. And Gal Gadot is she's really she's really a good actress. And uh that scene at the at the end when she has to renounce her wish and uh you know and she's saying goodbye to Steve again. Yeah. And you know, and it's like, ah, oh, it was heartbreaking. And she really yeah. showed that in her in her face and in her body and just in her interactions. It was just she sells it. Was, it. A, it was. She yeah, really yeah. sold it. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 if there was one scene in the movie yeah, yeah. where you know maybe a little bit of dust was in my eyes, that was it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I do. I do like this idea that, that they were telling you that you know there is no free lunch. You know that you, yeah. you, you, you can't get something for nothing, which is a contrast to so wishing there's no free lunch, but as we've seen before with prayer, that's free. The God's right. gifts are free they come right. with no strings attached they're they're literally grace yeah. and yes and love uh so uh i i think that is a, a an interesting contrast that you could make especially if you talk to people about this movie is you know while the wishes had a, a price to them prayer and the and god's response to prayer is is given freely and that's that's the interesting contrast there well yeah because prayer isn't about necessarily uh what you want it's what god wants for you right right so and you know a lot of people when they pray i mean like i know i speak i'll speak for myself when i'm praying it's mostly i'm praying for other people you know i mean i'm not praying i'm not sitting up in my room praying for me you know like to win mm-hmm. the scratch ticket or something you're not supposed to do that you can you can you can oh thank you you. thank you yeah um but you 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 get my you should wish that you should wish it don't pray for it oh right right right. i'll work on that yeah Yeah, because if you pray for it you might not get that you might get something else god might want to teach you a lesson about you know poverty and you don't want that <laughs> don't pray to be humble god will make you humble <laughs> that's for sure he'll give you if you don't pray for patience unless you really want it. <laughs> there's one way to learn patience that's uh, right let me i wanted to I, I can't end you know get to the end of this we're not, we're not quite at the end of this so i want to ask you know for what you guys have but i do want to make sure i bring up the best scene in the movie which oh. comes halfway through the credits 
Okay. Which is when we see Linda Carter yes. show up as Asteria. I, I just have a soft spot for Linda Carter because <laughs> I had a huge crush on her when I was 10 years old or whatever it was. Uh, and so it was great to see her back on screen. It was really awesome. So, yeah, she, yeah that, was, that, was, that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad they were able to fit her in. Yeah, I was wondering where she was because I knew she was going to be in the movie. Um, and yeah, that was cool how they, uh, she ended up being Asteria and... and She's, you know, helping people in secret like uh, Diana is. <laughs> yep. And I love, I love it's the same comment. It's the yeah. same comment that Diana told uh, Barbara. Right, right. Uh, so a couple of little things I want to throw in there. Um, Diana lives at the Watergate Hotel. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I thought that was great. Uh, the little, just I'm, of- I'm staring at it. I'm like. That's the Watergate. <laughs> yes, that's the Watergate Hotel. <laughs> I mean, it's not like the early seventies. It's not WW seventy two, or you know, it's right, the, right, yeah. right. But uh, uh, the also dumbest crooks ever at the mall. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, oh my goodness! They, they yeah. were the worst so crooks stupid. ever. Uh, yeah. uh, now that was a fun action sequence. It was, though. yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's. I think that's why it was there. It was kind of. Well, let's reintroduce everybody to Wonder Woman, you know, right. like, oh, here she is in the 80s. And isn't the 80s weird? Look at all the weird people in the 80s, you know? Uh, I saw Stranger Things. I know it's you know, weird. <laughs> <laughs> so now I, I wish she didn't wear high heels. Yeah. Ooh. Wonder in Woman. Her, in her costume. In her, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. Whatever. It, it sends a, yeah, it sends it's, a message. Now, did anybody... Yeah, and everybody understood that the 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 heist was what got the, was where the dreamstone was. Some people I heard yes. online missed that, but I didn't know yeah. if if that was it came across clearly. Uh, so that was that. And then uh, if, if I've got any other little notes, I man, nothing really all important. Uh, although, oh, actually, the one last thing, she kept saving children. There was very much a like children in mm. danger. She's looking out for them, saving them. Uh, I really like that. It's a very you know. It's a feminine thing, right? I mean, maternal, maternal, yes, yeah, and maternal. Yeah. She's she's sensitive. Does she have reciprocity with her friend? I mean, what are the four uh, characteristics, <laughs> right? Yeah, and if you're motherhood, I... <laughs> if you're trying to save people in secret, I mean, who better than to save the children? Because they'll they'll either keep your secret or no one will believe them. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, it, goes, it goes with the whole, I think, theme of um, greatness is not what you think it is, right? That ultimately, and we see that too, and we haven't really talked about Barbara's character very much, but yeah. Barbara, um, you know, she, Cheetah grows out of this catcalling situation, which is, you know, something that women go through all the time. And, you know, she she ends up feeling like, having power over the man who is catcalling her is ultimately what empowers her and makes her great and strong. But ultimately, you know, the message of the movie is that like I kind of talked about before that it's humility, it's vulnerability and Mm. what exemplifies that more than a child, right? Like that's why at the end of the movie, we get that such a memorable line from a child you know, that he's setting his father straight. I love you because you're my dad, you know? Right. Right. It's very, yeah, there's a very, very much a child. Like uh, speaking of Barbara, I just want to actually, there's a little, there's a little Easter egg. The homeless guy that Barbara gives the the food to, uh, he's reading a book waiting for Godot. 
which I thought was yeah. really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even How see did that. I miss that? I know. I'm going to have to go back and watch that now. But, you know, I, I really, it's interesting, the Barbara character, because it's, it's on one hand, it plays into cliches a little bit. But sure on the other does. hand, it's an interesting arc for her. I mean, the cliche is, oh, she's the nerd who has to come out of her shell. And she mm. really knows she's really come out of her shell when she's not the girl who wears glasses anymore. Like, it's just, right. I don't I don't like that. I wear glasses and I'm perfectly fine. I'm, I'm also still kind of a nerd, but that's okay. <laughs> but I, so I don't like necessarily like the, yeah, the Marie embrace, puts on her glasses. Embrace your nerdy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but. So I, I I didn't necessarily love that, but it was an interesting arc to see the the how the two paths of empowerment, the Diana path and the Barbara path. And, mm. you know, Diana sort of lived with it. So the, she she had integrated her power of, of protecting. And when when it's dropped on Barbara, she kind of she doesn't know how to 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 do it right. And also the stone strips her humanity from her as well. Right. and so her power becomes destructive and mean and almost, she almost stomps the guy to death. Um, yeah. Maybe she did. We don't necessarily know, but, but let's yeah, say we she really didn't. don't know if he's dead or not. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what do you, what do y'all think of Barbara's arc in this movie? Well, I thought, you know, I, Kristen Wiig is, is a, a, a nice comedic actress. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I thought she was the best fit for this role um in this movie um but and i think that kind of hurt the character in a little ways for me i mean because i've seen i've seen that act that she does right that little mumbling under her breath about you know everything and she did that on saturday night live she's done it in a ton of movies it's it's an old old act and i think i just think they could have had they could have had a real powerhouse actress take that role and and really make her, you know, a, a true nemesis uh, for for Diana for Wonder Woman. I just think that would have been that would have been cool. And yeah. I, I just think they they wasted it. I mean, it's, it, it, they wasted it. Yeah. And and it, and I don't know, you know, based on this whole wish thing, which is so ridiculous, but. I, I I don't know like what's gonna happen in the future. Is she is she did she renounce? She's, it? Uh, yeah. Did she renounce her wish? Did she not? Is, is she gonna be able to walk around in with other humans because now she looks like a well, cat? No, at the uh, end she reverted okay. to her right. Rat, I know, state. but so did she renounce her wish or not? Or does she have the power I, to, I to go in the back and I forth? Right. right. Yeah. The, I, I, what I felt was that she did renounce her wish because she looked like her normal self. Um, right. But yeah. But like, like, like you mentioned earlier, it, it was kind of left ambiguous. So, cause we don't know like, Oh, does she have, is she capable of turning into full cheetah and then going back? Like, we don't know that. I mean, we saw her just kind of evolve uh, throughout the film and, um, and, you know, I mean, cheetah is one of Wonder Woman's like uh, main, you know, nemesis in the comics. So I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, And I mean, she's not a, she's again, kind of like Maxwell Lord. She's, she's not like this crazy, uh, you know, DC villain on, on, on a level that kind of, she doesn't really run into a lot of the other major characters that often, but uh, as far as this Wonder Woman herself, they, 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 
she's a classic villain. And, mm, and yeah, uh, I thought Kristen Wiig did, did a good job with what they gave her. Uh, you know, I that thought it was fair. an interesting choice. Yeah. That was an interesting choice as far as casting. Um, I loved her on Saturday Night Live and I've seen her in some, I did too. yeah, I've seen her in some dramatic roles, uh, and I thought she did a good job, but, uh, and I thought she did better than I expected. And like I said, with the material, with the material, I thought, I thought they could have done the character a better service, especially in the later in the movie. Um, and yeah, like you mentioned, father, the, the sort of like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm quirky and, uh, you know, yeah. I'm shy and I were, you know, I, I kept saying, like, if she just took her glasses off, you know, <laughs> you know, maybe <laughs> right. guys would maybe, right. like, all she really did was take her glasses off, put a dress on and, and or, or, or better yet, not take yeah. your glasses, have, have glasses that flatter you. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. I mean, she didn't even have, or, or don't wear heels. You know, like, if you can't walk in the door, you know. I mean, I don't but, um, even, I don't even, I mean, I, I don't even, I think women wearing high heels is, is, uh, it looks torturous to me. And I don't understand why people do it. But, um, I, I mean, it just looks terrible. It looks like so painful to me. And I just, I, every time I see a woman in high heels, I'm like, say a little prayer because, I just don't want her to fall, you know. It just looks terrible, and painful. Now that the three guys on the panel have had our say about Barbara, <laughs> cool, right? I know. Let's <laughs> let's let's hear from the ladies what they think about Barbara's character. I I felt I well I felt bad for I felt bad for her in in so many ways because she was just one dimensional. Really, she didn't have very much uh, going on there. Um, but. Um, it, I don't know what I want to say anymore. <laughs> I'll right. think about it. It's a getting late. I had something, <laughs> I had something <laughs> deep and profound, but go ahead, Angela. Well, okay, so, you know, there, like we've been saying, there's really not that much time for all the different character development and plot and everything that's going on in this movie because we're all over the world and we've got to know all these different things and what's going. So, you know, there really wasn't that much time for us to get to know her on a super deep level, um, her backstory. And I think in the comics, she's like totally different, right? She's not even like a human being. Is that, oh, really? is that true? Well, there's different iterations of, of Cheetah. There's actually... Okay. Yeah, there there are cheetahs that are not Barbara, um, but Barbara is kind of one of the more recent and well known iterations of her. And and yeah, in the comics, I mean, I mean, I know she in one of the runs she gets her powers like some African tribe, you know, does some like voodoo stuff, and and she she gets her powers that way because uh, you know she's she's actually looking for she's actually in search for the lasso of truth herself and then and on her journey there she she uh you know finds out a way to to become like this, this powerful being um hmm. so i mean yeah i mean and with, with with comics i mean you can find a run where you know cheetah is totally different you know i i, I think with with any comic book movie when, when you see a, a you know a beloved character a hero or villain you know you you can't really tie it to one comic book run you know, because there's this a limitless amount of interpretations of all these different characters, so sure. you, you can't really uh, adhere to one. But I, I you know, I've, the, the way that her story was sold in the movie, uh, I, at least the way that she became Cheetah, was not something that I was that it, it didn't strike me as as something that I remember from the comic. So, um, but I mean, the character herself is definitely jealous of 
Wonder Woman and and wants to be like her, wants her power. So that 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 aspect of it was definitely uh, very true to her comic uh, counterpart. Well, think about if they had had like Anne Hathaway mm-hmm. as Cheetah, as Barbara. I mean, so a dramatic has, actress. She's already done yeah. that arc though in the Princess Diaries. She's already done the nerd one. <laughs> yes, <that's right. laughs> yeah. yeah. She, but she has. And she co-started with Chris Pine. Yeah. She has gravitas, I think. You know, I mean, she's 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 she would bring something to the role that that that's that's different. They didn't need to be a comedic actor to play that role. I, I think, think I think what they did was is they they wrote a comedic role and cast a comedic actor. Uh, I think they made the the early iteration of Barbara more comedic, and that's mm. perhaps why they cast hmm. an actress to play. Perhaps, yeah. perhaps. I'm I just, thinking I, maybe yeah, along perhaps. the lines of like. You know, comedians typically tend to work from a, a place of pain. <laughs> right. uh, True. A little too deep into it. But um, yeah, like the character of Barbara being someone who has been, you know, overlooked and, you know, all the things that we kind of know about this trope. But I, I did very much appreciate the cat calling part of the movie because Mm -hmm. like i said you know as a woman that was very very relatable Mm -hmm. in especially in the sense of like in the first iteration of the cat calling when diana comes and protects her diana tells barbara honestly it takes no power at all to to defend yourself and that is a an important line because she doesn't learn that lesson. You know, she, right. she uh, Barbara doesn't learn that lesson. Um, and, and Diana also tells her, and I'll show you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, and then in the second um, catcalling situation, she's already cheetah. She's running down this, the street. Right. And she has all these men calling after her. And the one that is returning in his role as the drunk, you know, guy, um, he actually calls out to her and says, slow down. He says, slow down twice. And I think that was very intentional on Patty Jenkins part, because it is this, this scene of a woman being powerful and going forward and a man saying, slow down. I'm not comfortable with how fast you're going. And he also calls her girl. And that's when she stops and she turns around. And um, I, I felt very much that that was very relatable to some situations that I've been in personally. Um, so, you know, to, for her to then become drunk on this power, this concept of power, um, and lose her sense of who she is, I think it's very much, you know, I mean, we've been talking about the feminine genius and it's like the opposite of that, right? Like to be a strong woman, you don't need to be this i guess stereotypical mm-hmm. type of yeah, that's true right, right? that so she could physical. have been yeah she could have been powerful in a in a different sense you mm-hmm. know she didn't have to slow down and look at him and give him a piece of her mind and all that and beat him up you know and i think that is kind of a metaphor for how women have the choice to act towards men who look down on them or try to stop them from moving forward in their life or what, what have you. So I, I liked that aspect of the character very much. 
there was that nice moment too when the the homeless guy that she'd helped before, who she had a relationship with, he she would bring him meals, obviously, and she she mm-hmm. they knew each other, and right. he says to her, as seeing at what she's done, what happened to you? Like something, like obviously something has changed with her. She's you know now more confident and poised and beautiful and all this strong and strong. But he's, I, it, you know, it's clear he's not saying how, what, all these, not, how did all these good things happen to you? He's saying, wow, something bad has happened to you. What has happened to you? And I, I thought that was an interesting moment. And that's when she has a moment to stop and realize what she's about to do and takes off and says, mind your, business. mind your business. Yeah, yeah. mind your business. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I just want to start to wrap things up, but I don't want to end things because I want to ask if for, if, if for each of you, if you have any other notes you want to, uh, share any other uh, parts of this uh, Maria well, let's start with you do you have anything you wanted to share I do I remembered what I what I was going to say and it was launched from from Barbara but not necessarily about her um, I was left wondering what happened to her did she renounce the uh, the wish or not but I felt like the story should have been the moment that Max renounced it that everything should have gone back to normal mm. and. Right. And it didn't. It looked like there was all this destruction that remained. In other words, the consequences, um, it's kind of like when we sin, right? Um, we can be forgiven, but, but you know, there's still some temporal issues that are left behind that need to be resolved. Yeah. And, and I thought that that was neat. I thought that it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, she looked, she looked in a bad place. But, you know, Max walks out into a very destroyed D.C., you know, right. so one is to imagine that the rest of the world is in bad shape. You know, you saw those images of the kids when the river came back, when the wall was destroyed and the river came back, that they were drinking water out of the river in their, you know, in their um, destruction. So um, how was that resolved historically? Mm, interesting. Yeah, like the, the, the Bruce Wayne never mentions it in uh, yeah. Justice League or anything. You know what I mean? Batman was stupid. Like, hey, wait a minute. Weren't you in that DC thing back in the 80s? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Like, that never comes up. Like, and that was that was one of the other things about the uh, scene in the mall that kind of perturbed me a little bit was she takes off her uh, whatever tiara. that is, yeah. tiara, and she flings it at the security cameras. What about the tapes, Diana? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know, right? They, they see everything before that. She took that off. Exactly. Well, Where she, are you to go? How? She was also broadcast to three billion people at the end of the movie, too. Exactly. Right. It's not like she <laughs> oh, yeah. No, on. she wasn't. Her she voice wasn't. was. Her voice was not her. Face. Oh, right. It was all gold on the screen. Right. The camera was yeah. broken. That's right, true. right. That's true. That's true. Thank you. Father Chip, any, any last notes, Father Chip? No, I think I've said my piece. I, I think it. <laughs> I think it was a decent outing, um, not great, not as good as the first one. And I think they they could be better. Uh, it could be better. It's not it's not horrible. It's yeah. not like you should watch it if you haven't seen it. Um, if you've listened this far and you haven't seen it, you kind of know the story. So, you know, yeah. I don't Go know. enjoy it, <laughs> but you'll enjoy it. I, I, I yeah. think it's it's not an un- unenjoyable Andrew? Yeah, I would I, I would echo what Father Chip says. It's you know I enjoyed. It. I think I, I think it being you know uh, this sort of hybrid COVID release where it was released mm-hmm. in theaters wherever theaters are open and then on HBO Max everywhere else. Uh, I think it helped the movie. I think I liked it more because I just got to sit at home and watch it. 
Yes. It didn't feel like like the first Wonder Woman or you know uh you know any or something like you know the, on a, on a Marvel level uh type event film uh like we like we've been you know saying it's it was more of a introspective Diana Prince you know sort of film without a a big huge you know action set piece in the third act which is something you would want to see in a in a big theater so I felt like I would have been more disappointed if I saw it in a theater um, I, th- I think I point. enjoyed it more because I mm. saw it at home and yeah, good and point. Uh, it, it helped it in a weird way. Uh, <laughs> uh, obviously it wasn't intentional. It yeah. wasn't inten- intended for this sort of release. So, right. um, so yeah, it's enjoyable. Not as strong as the first. I agree. Father Chip, um, but uh, definitely want to see more Wonder Woman. And, yes, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I think whether it's Patty Jenkins, uh, I think, I think she can uh, do better. Uh, 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 but I would like to see it in the hands of maybe another uh, director, another female director. Um, yeah, not, not, not Ryan Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy Knives Out. I'll say that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, that, I did yeah. too, actually. <laughs> yeah, maybe he should stay away from big properties and just do I more think movies he should. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. Uh, I think they'll definitely make a third one, and good. And I'm sure whatever. Uh, you know, DC's plans are in the future for justice league. I'm sure she'll be a big part of it. So, Oh yeah. Um, and we're going to see her soon in March in the, the, in the Nolan cut. cut. So. Yeah. The, the Snyder cut. Nolan. Yeah, the Snyder Nolan cut. Nolan. Yeah. That Nolan. would be weird. Sorry. Inception. All right. Angela, you get the last word. Oh gosh. Well, um, one thing that we didn't really talk about that much was the, the, uh, mythos behind Asteria and her character. And um, I like that Diana, when she's telling the story, she says um, that Asteria sacrificed herself for a better day for others. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, Asteria has these wings on, on the armor. And one of the things that I grumbled about when I first watched this movie for the first time was the whole scene of Wonder Woman flying, because I thought it was excessive, too long, boring. <laughs> but the second time that I watched it, I realized that it takes place after she renounces her wish, that yeah. after she renounces her essentially her selfishness that she is then able to fly. Mm. And so I appreciated that. <laughs> and yeah. I think that that's a good, point. That's, that's a good message. Um yeah. I think there were a lot of great messages in in this movie that mm-hmm. I appreciated. Um so despite the little things that kind of bugged me um ultimately i think i'll be able to rewatch this and continue to uh benefit from from the themes and and the the deeper meanings excellent that is a yeah, great way to wrap it up great uh before we do and things i want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of movies and tv shows including santa s uh kathy s mark m father nathan l and andrew b Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of movies and TV shows and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. So what did you think of Wonder Woman 84, WW84? Uh, Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? Do you agree with some of us? Let us know by commenting on the show. You can do so at sqpn.com slash secrets or the StarQuest Facebook page or send an email to secrets at sqpn.com. 
Until next time, Angela Cialana, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Wonder Woman 84. My pleasure. Uh, Maria Johnson, thank you as well. Oh, joy. Thanks, guys. Uh, thank you, Andrew Hermes. Thanks for having me. And thank you, Father Chip Hines. Thanks for having me, and I really appreciated uh, Angela and Maria's point of view on this movie. Thank you thank very you. much. <laughs> yes. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the Secrets of Movies and TV shows on StarQuest. Quest.